Today is the second Sunday of the Epiphany. An Epiphany is a moment of revelation, an insight that makes something clear and unmistakable. We often say things like, oh, I see the light, or light dawns, or we have a light bulb moment. An epiphany in holy terms is an experience of God that seems so real that we can physically see and touch and feel it. Jesus Christ was the ultimate epiphany of God. God came in human form, able to be seen and touched and felt and heard. Jesus' whole life was a series of epiphanies or revelations of God that began with his birth at Bethlehem. In the coming of the Christ child, a light has dawned in the world that we are assured no darkness can ever put out. May the shining light of Christ that lights up all the dark places be an epiphany, a revelation in our lives. It's now three weeks since the Christmas celebrations and the birth of Jesus and also his cousin John the Baptist who was some months older than Jesus. We remember that his mother Elizabeth was already pregnant with John when Mary came to tell her of her own pregnancy. And John leapt in Elizabeth's womb as he recognised the presence of Jesus within Mary. Both Jesus and John have grown to manhood and today we hear about John whose God-given mission is to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus into his earthly ministry. The prophecy about one who would prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah was foretold in Isaiah, the reading that we have just heard. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This prophecy was recalled at John's birth when his father Zechariah, filled with the Holy Spirit, sang the beautiful song of blessing and prophecy over his son, which we know in our liturgies as the Benedictus. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. John was a type of prophetic figure after the style of the Old Testament prophets with his garment of camel's hair and unusual diet of locusts and wild honey. He is often seen as the link between the Old and New Testaments. John hears God's voice in the wilderness, calling him to prepare the way for the Lord, to make his path straight. In those ancient times when a king would travel to a less inhabited region, a team of royal engineers would prepare the road for the king to pass. They would smooth out the road so that the king's chariot would not get stuck in the rut. They would level out hills and valleys so the journey would not be so treacherous and the king would have safe passage. The road had to be prepared for the king to come. The road has to be prepared for our king to come. What does this preparation mean? What might it mean for each one of us 
to level the hilly areas or fill in the valleys in our own personal lives, our families or our communities as we prepare for the coming of the Christ into our lives. In the landscape of each one of us, there are deep valleys of pain and heartache, twists and turns of values and ethics, peaks of pride and rough paths that hurt others. This is our landscape that needs to be put right. John was a fiery preacher and people flocked to hear his message. John called the people to repent and be baptised. Repentance is not simply saying sorry. There is a real need to change their hearts and minds, to be ready for the new beginning about to happen in the one John is preparing them for. John's message is both warning and promise, a warning to persuade the people to repent, to change their ways, so that they are ready for the promise, the promise of salvation. His message also contained a judgment for those who saw no need for repentance. Some of those whom John was preaching to thought they were safe because of their ancestry. They were children of Abraham. They didn't need to do anything. But John tried to tell them each one needed to be responsible to see their own need to confess their sins, repent and change their ways and be prepared for the salvation that the coming one of God would bring. This message is for us today. We are called not to be complacent and think all is okay, for we all have things in our lives that need to be changed and healed and forgiven. We all need to confess our wrongdoings, to repent and make the rough places within us smooth, remove the obstacles, straighten up the paths of our lives, knowing that with repentance there is forgiveness and the restoring of a right relationship with God, with each other and with God's world. Then we will find peace with God through Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. The people then asked John what should they do once they had repented and been baptised. John spelled out in simple but concrete terms what the various groups of people before him should do to prepare to welcome Christ. Tax collectors and with them business people and financial officers are, earned, are urged to be honest. Soldiers and by implication anyone with power and authority over others are encouraged to do their duty without resorting to bribery or extortion or violence. Everyone in general is challenged to be generous and to share with those in need. We are all called to take a good look at our lives wherever we are and whatever we do. We are all, to a greater or lesser extent, the tax collectors and sinners, the soldiers and the general crowd that John addressed. As those people asked John back then, I, what should I do? So we in our lives need to ask that question too, what should I do? And hear the answer and put it into practice. What should I do as a teacher, as a secretary, as an accountant, as a doctor, as a housewife and mother? as a husband, a father, a son, a daughter, a priest. In each part of our lives, we have a responsibility to do the very best we can in whatever we do. Made in the image and likeness of God, we are called to be active participants as Christ's people in the world and in human history. The roles that we play may differ 
but each one of us can do something to make a difference where we are and to change our hearts and lives to God's ways, to promote peace and greater justice for all. These actions should not be taken as an imposed duty, but rather a willingness generated by the love of God growing within us through the presence of our Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit, enabling us to live into the fulfilment of all we really are called to be, knowing that God is with us and gives us what we need to make these changes. John says he was called by God to baptise with water, but the one who was coming would baptise with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus would bring what John's baptism signified, the ongoing presence of the Spirit and power to live changed and cleansed lives. When Jesus was baptised by John, the Holy Spirit rested on him and he was proclaimed God's beloved Son. Before he died, Jesus promised he would send the Spirit to be the way of him being with his people forever. At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell upon the disciples with signs of wind and flame. They were empowered to go into the world and tell the story of Jesus. In our baptisms, we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we are proclaimed God's beloved children and the purifying power, the fire of the Spirit, will gift us and enable us to be Christ's people in the world. May we know... We have that power within us through the Holy Spirit given to us in baptism and we need to call upon it and live into it. It was in the wilderness when John heard the voice of God calling him to be the preparer of the way for Jesus. The wilderness can take many forms. It can be a deserted place away from everyone or an internal desolate place. The space and t stillness of wilderness times is where the searching and awareness of the need for a turning around and renewal of life happens. Very often we need to take ourselves into a type of wilderness place, a place of quietness and stillness, uninterrupted by the cacophony of noise that is constantly all around us, so that we too may hear the voice of God calling us to make good preparation for the coming of our Lord Jesus into our lives. Clergy are all encouraged to take a time of retreat each year for that very purpose. And all of us are encouraged to take a time away as well. There are a number of lay retreats and quiet days and times available for people to just take themselves off and have that quiet time with God to listen and to see what comes up. It's very important to have a regular spiritual checkup doesn't have to only be once a year, it can be on a regular basis. We need to attend to the obstacles that may be hindering the path of the Lord in our lives. John tells the people that Jesus is greater than he. John says he is not worthy to even untie the sandals of Jesus, which is what a slave might do when his master enters the house. That took huge humility for John, who was sure of his own calling, to recognise that he was not the one who would save the people of God, but to point to another. The beautiful prologue of John's Gospel says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, 
but he came to testify to the light. John's role was messenger and preparer for the way for Christ. John did not proclaim his own greatness. He stepped back and pointed the way to his Lord. Through his message, the presence and ministry of Jesus must increase. That too is our own role as disciples of Christ. We too are to be people who by by our way of life and actions point to the presence of Christ in our lives and be preparers of the way for ourselves and for others so that through us people can see Christ and hear his message and enter into his great gift of salvation. Zechariah's lovely words over his son are words for each one of us too. So may each one of us hear and know this message for us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Amen.